0: Hello, welcome back to Funding Friday. We hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Dan Cope talking about the boost green business from Bucks Business First. Uh, we are back for episode two, and I am delighted to be joined today by Teresa Smith from MediLink UK. Teresa, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, good morning.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me along, Debbie. I was really interested in doing this one.
0: <laughs> it is nice isn't it something a little bit different and um, so the reason that we're here is um, we're, we're sharing these podcasts and YouTube videos with our community of entrepreneurs across the Midlands and East of England and um, to really help them to build back better. We know that um, there's a lot of entrepreneurial activity out there at the moment. And one of the biggest questions I am asked is, how can I get my hands on some grant funding? Show me where the money is. So thank you for, for joining me today to talk about it. What I would love to start with is, can you tell us a little bit about MediLink and yourself? How did you, how did you come to work for MediLink and what is it that you specialise in?
1: Hello, well, my name is Teresa Smith and I work for MediLink Midlands. Um, It used to be MediLink East Midlands, but we joined with MediLink West Midlands and now we cover all the way across the Midlands, um, which is that very strange chunk of county between um, what's classed as the Golden Triangle and the Northern Powerhouse. So we really, really want to push that MediLink Midlands is an absolutely fantastic place to be. So we work all the way across from uh, just west of Birmingham. They'll hate me for saying that because there's a few areas like Black Country that we cover as well, right the way across to um, Eastern region. So we go all the way across to Peterborough. And for myself, it's all the way down to Lincoln, Lincoln, all the way down to Luton, all the way up to Lincoln, all the way down to Luton and all the way back across to Oxford. So it is actually a, a really large area that we cover. Um, And I'm an innovation advisor with MediLink Midlands, and a bit of a clue in the title there, we tend to cover anything where companies are interested in um, working in, innovating in, moving into, transitioning into, anything to do with um, medical, medtech, health and well-being, Um, and that's for um, humans, that's what most people think of, but we also cover animal health as well, and not a little bit surprisingly here, but also if there is innovation involving um, food and plants that is about human health, then there's a little bit there that we can also help to support as well. So it's, it covers a hell of a lot of different areas. Um, and in terms of the transition inside, then you're also looking at people who are doing a lot of um, developments in terms of, you know, manufacturing and IT, where there are some links there with companies of ours that may have gone down that route for their own innovations. So definitely worth a conversation.
0: Fantastic, and for anybody that is, I mean, you cover most of my patch, um, but for anybody who is maybe sitting just outside of that triangle, MediLink does exist in other forms across the UK, doesn't it? You've got MediLink North, um, um, MediLink Cardiff. So there are other ways people can engage if they're not quite in that triangle. Well, MediLink was a spin-out originally,
1: from um, the old development agencies. And it did actually start in the Midlands, but it's now a group of companies and we are all separate companies. We're all small companies. So we do understand exactly the problem small companies have. We're not um, directly government funded. We have to apply for funding and and find it ourselves. And we're a membership organization. So obviously a a fair bit of what our uh, income is from also from that, but it's a group of companies. So yes, we have, uh, there's a MediLink in Wales, MediLink North, MediLink West and Southeast as well. So CETA is one of ours, uh, but we work together, but we are all separate companies. So there is a little bit of rivalry in there as well in terms <laughs> of seeing uh, which one you come to for the assistance. Um well, the Midlands at the moment is one of the biggest,
0: yeah. No problem. You sit firmly in my patch in the Midlands, which is perfect for the majority of our listeners. So thank you for clarifying. Um, so you mentioned MediLink, effectively started out as a med tech, health tech, improving the healthcare sector. And certainly what I've seen working with you over the last couple of years is some companies who don't fit into that specific sector category can still access funding. So talk to me a little bit before people switch off because they're not med tech and health tech. Um, How can we um, use maybe some activity caveats or focus caveats within other sectors to still um get hold of some of this funding maybe some examples
1: okay well we've got three sort three sets of funding um unfortunately it's very um tied to different regions so there is another game we play with that we'll let you know about that one um we've got innovation funding and it is about Talk to us about it. It's thirty percent of your project. So if you've got a project you want to do, come and chat to us about what it is, because it's quite likely there is a way of tweaking it and changing the focus to make it sound as though it's health and well-being, mental health and well-being. You know, have a, have a health support innovation focus. And we've dealt with many, many companies who've who've not thought they fitted, and they do. Um, we've also got some um, conference funding, travel funding. And that's up to 50% of your costs. And that is very predicated on if the event you're going to has any kind of stream in it about health and well-being, or your product is going to something completely random, but it could be designated as a health and well-being or support product. Then there are ways that we can tweak that to make it work. So again, talk to us about that. The travel funding is up to 3000 on a 6000 spend so it does cover some exhibiting costs. And because it's so broad because so many conferences out there now do have a health and well being strand. It is quite possible for us to find some way of, uh, of tweaking how we write the grant to make it <laughs> to make it fit. We're quite good at that. Um, the money that we have is European Regional Development Fund money, and it's around until June 2023. Uh, we're really keen that as many small and medium companies get that out the door as possible because unfortunately if it doesn't get spent it goes back to the eu um, and never comes back
0: Uh, we don't want to send any money back to the eu
1: no so (laughs) we definitely want you guys to talk to us to see if we can find a way of squeezing (laughs) squeezing what you do into our our um modus operandi, shall I say, so that we can actually get you to get some money and get out the door. The Absolutely. innovation grants, obviously are slightly more specific. We really do need some kind of medtech, healthcare, health and wellbeing focus in there. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that could be covered. Uh, it is the 30%, but it goes from as little as, um, you know your project is about 3000. So the minimum we tend to do is around a thousand simply because there's paperwork and it's time to do the paperwork. Uh, maximum grants are 20,000 so a project of 66,000 you will get a 20,000 um, pound support for that so come and chat there is often ways of squeezing things that you don't think apply into that funding pot, um, if nothing else we can usually find a way of supporting you through you know other small amounts of money that are coming through from elsewhere, there are some small amounts there, um, it is, as I said at the beginning, it is region specific, but The local Chamber of Commerce in Nottingham is now offering virtual offices for something like £21 a month. So if you're going for a couple of grand a grant, it's worth considering because it helps you access that. Uh, And there is also a set of offices I tend to use in Northampton, which is in the Stemulet region, um, which is at the moment doing it at £35 um, a month. So again, if you're looking at a reasonable size grant, it's worth you factoring in going and getting that virtual office so you have an office in the region and you can access the money. So we're Never. So happy to um, play that game and it's allowed in our rules for giving out the money so long as that person has a virtual office in the region we can do it.
0: Oh, Teresa that is that's so brilliant that you you've said that because I think often when we speak to business owners they wonder about questions like that am I allowed is that is it illegal am I going to get into trouble if I and I think what you've captured brilliantly there is come and talk to you because there might be a way around making you eligible if you're not quite eligible um so there are ways to um Counteract some of the exclusions, so that that's brilliant. But also, am I right in saying, actually, you really need to give this money away. You want to help people.
1: Yeah, we absolutely want to get this out the door. Um, I mean, European ERDF funding, um, the government's already paid for it. You know, they have been charged for it. So if we don't spend it, if companies don't come forwards and have the grants and take the money away as I say it goes back to the EU and it has already been paid for so that's money that the UK is losing so we're really keen that um, people come and help help us get it out the door. Um, also, the program is is very broad so as far as uh, a lot of our caveats and rules are concerned that they are they are for us, the way our grants are put together they are allowed to have a few uh, wiggle bit of wiggle room in it which is why we're quite keen to sort of play the game of saying yes we can rewrite it to fit um, you may be outside the region but if you want to take a virtual office then again we, we can make it fit out the rules for giving out our money allow that I know some of the other products for other groups have been a lot more rigid but we were really lucky at the beginning when all the rules were written for us that uh, it allowed us to sort of uh, have that little bit of wiggle room to allow people to move around a bit
0: that is really great to know. And um, what are some of the strangest things, without naming company names or giving away any trade secrets? What are some of the strangest things that you've been able to fund over the last couple of years?
1: Aren't um, there some um, pet support things? So there's one or two things to do with animals. Because again, most people don't realise that uh, <laughs> health is about you know animal health as well, which is quite interesting. Um, there was a, a very interesting grant that we managed to give that um, was basically about greenhouses. Um, now we're not really supposed to support structures, but actually it was a very special type of um, glass. So it made a difference to the health of the plants being grown. So we had it, we had that link. So it was possible to put some quite left left field things in there um, and the same with um, things like equipment. We can't just, by equipment through the grants, but you can build a prototype. So if your need for three new computers and various other things is about building a prototype to do something, then the equipment side of it can be covered that way. So there have been some quite very, very interesting things going on. Um, I have to say we had a very interesting piece of exercise equipment, um, which I felt personally possibly wouldn't necessarily fly once it was built but uh, that's one of the ones that's proving to be incredibly successful so personal opinions don't come into it here you come with your idea and we will support it it can be as left field as you like if you're committed to that product and you are paying 70 percent of it we're only giving you 30 then we will support anything so long as we can get it to fit into our criteria so don't be put off if you think, well, it's it, this is really quite strange. Are they going to actually listen to me? Yes, we will. You know, you'd never know what's going to be the next big thing.
0: No, absolutely, and that's a perfect segue into. So you mentioned uh, with travel and exhibitions, it can be up to fifty percent match funded with with traditional investment uh, into assets, etc. You were looking at thirty. People can't come to you after they've spent money, can they? This can't be done retrospectively. Right. They have to approach you and have the conversation and fill in the forms before they place any orders. Is that right?
1: That's correct, yes. So if you're way through a project, we can't help you with what you've already done. We can help you with stage two, stage three, stage four, so long as you've allowed yourself enough time to get, unfortunately, all the paperwork done. Um, now for travel grants we're pretty good at this if it's really urgent we have managed to turn them around in a week wow um, we'd rather not but we can do it if we have to from a standing start it does uh, um, this time of year it's much more difficult because obviously you've got people going on holiday and grants have to be appraised that's the thing that's what takes the time Putting in the grant is one thing getting it appraised that's the squeaky clean bit someone else looks at it and says yeah that's fine then that's the bit that Takes the time at this time of year because the people we use for appraisal are on holiday as well. Um, the innovation grants, I would suggest you need to give yourself a good month, because although we can turn them around faster, particularly if you've had grants before, if it hits a snag, if it hits a problem for any reason, then you're going to be stuck if you've already agreed to start working. You know, three weeks' time, and we can't get it turned around that fast. So a month is a good idea before you start spending, um, if you want to start the work ahead of initial spend, then that is no that's no problem if you want to start the work, but the minute you start having to pay for it. Then those dates have to be after the grants been approved so for travel grants a couple of weeks would be good um, and for innovation grants you need about a month.
0: Okay, perfect. And how difficult are the applications? Are, are they really hefty? Lots of paperwork, Do they, can they come and get any help?
1: Uh, well, to be perfectly honest, the, the um, innovation grants and the travel grants, they're very similar forms. So unfortunately we've had people in the past who filled one in and then thought, I'm not sure which one I've filled in here. The first part's the same on both and then the actual project or the um, travel bit is separate. Uh, they're very simple. But I'm saying that from the point of view of having helped people write them for the last six years. Uh, They are very simple if you've ever tried to apply for any other kind of grant like UK Innovate or UK Smart, but they still have requirements. So my um, point with it always is fill in everything you possibly can about the company, which is the first two pages. That's obviously the bit that you know the best. Um, And then when you get the bit about the project, put in everything you can think of in there because I'll edit it. I will rewrite it. I know exactly what is approved by our appraisers. The more you put in, the more I can edit. So I'm quite happy for companies to just, well, I think it's this that we're doing, put it all in, put everything in they think about, um, and then I will, I will completely rewrite it if necessary. Uh, the paperwork side is about you need some form of accounts. Um, we don't need you to have a year's accounts. You can have a month's accounts. I've had a company write their grant, then open their business bank account and then have literally a couple of weeks activity to prove they have a business bank account. So we have done that. Um, so accounts are important and having quotes for all the work you want done. You must have proper quotes, not just my mate says you can do it for, you need a proper quote from a company and a proper job specification. So this is what we want people to do. This is um, this is the quote that matches that. So again, I'll walk you through it. It's There's a few little, caveats and bits and pieces, but we walk you through everything. Uh, we want you to spend the money.
0: <laughs> and and I and I have to say from my own experience working in the NatWest Accelerator over the last four years, um, your grants have been the one that people have achieved they have been successful they have had the money they've they've been able to through consultation with yourself um, been able to identify what they can claim and they've been successful so um i would totally encourage anybody who feels that they have any activity within their business that could even slightly be linked to improved um mental health well-being for staff or customers um if you've got A product or a service that will help customers' health or well-being, and and now we know whether that fits into animals and plants potentially as well, which is incredible. Um, then then, you know, have a chat with Teresa and find out. Um, are there any legal entities that are exempt? Can can you help charities, um, CICs, etc.?
1: That's a good point. Charities, no, but if they have a trading arm, then yeah, you can. So, um. When I worked at the University of Leicester, we had the same problem. Uh, but the, the Wildlife Trust, Rivers Authority, couldn't deal with them. But we could deal directly with the bit that was selling licenses for fishing, because that's a, that's a commercial entity. So so long as there is a commercial entity, there is no problem. A not for profit enterprise is OK. So long as I've got a, a, that caveat on it, we've helped quite a few of those. So straightforward charity. no. But if it's a not for profit or if it's a a sole enterprise um, or some other uh, commercial entity and is on company's house,
0: then we can we can actually help those. Okay, fantastic. So if you're a company and you exist and you've done even a day's trading, you can come and have a chat. Um, Do you see people reapply? So can they come back and get more access from the same funding part?
1: Yeah, if they haven't had £20,000 in the first place. We have companies who, once they know the the score, as it were, then they will come back because uh, once you've done it once you're on our system and it makes the second grant a lot easier and everybody understands the process at that point. First grants are always going to be a little bit more uh, paperwork heavy because you're getting in all the um, support that you have about companies, so I check on Companies House, I ask for other things from the company, once we have that in a pack then applying for a second grant or a third grant is, is not an issue. And while there is money in the project, that the caveat is if you're coming forward and so you want to spend it, at the moment it's not competitive. If we think we can support you, if we think it fits our brief, then we'll help you write that grant and we'll help you spend it. Um, some of the money we're starting to get, it's getting less now because we're getting near the end of the project. But certainly in the South East Midlands region, um, our Actis project still has sufficient funding for £20,000 grants. So there's plenty there for smaller amounts. Uh, And the Nottinghamshire Derbyshire project still has sufficient money for £20,000 grants as well. So that's why we've also got the two sets of virtual offices in the two places where we've still got the money so that we can encourage people to come in from outside as well to do it.
0: And... and I know I recognize that there are a lot of different sectors and and types of businesses that could come and have this conversation. But other than the obvious life sciences, health tech, med tech, are there particular types of businesses that you find easiest to fund so that we can get them to prick their ears up and say, oh, that's me. I need to have a chat with Teresa.
1: Oh, my goodness. No, it's so broad. We cover so many different things that, uh, I mean, the number of grants I've had out the door in the last year or so, I wouldn't have guessed that it would be that that many different types of activity. There's a big interest now in the health and well-being side of things. So I've had a number that are about that, um, including the company that was really just dealing with schools but because they were doing a health and well-being approach, it made it possible to help. And they've had a little bit of money for a product and they've had money to go to a conference because we were looking at the, uh, keeping children fit and healthy. So that sort of ticked all the boxes. So there's a, it's just so broad. There are so many things that we can support that it's worth having a chat. Aside from anything else, we have links to other areas that um, depending on where you sit, uh, you may find that you sit sitting in their funding pots and they're also trying to you know shift the money and some of the regions I cover can really be quite strange so there's certainly some money in Warwick that will still deal with the southeast midlands so if you've got something more manufacturing inclined then there is some money around for that in a different group so do have a chat because we do know where some of it is
0: brilliant and we have a huge cohort in warwick uh, so if you are listening warwick cohort get in touch um, when will this expire so you mentioned that the, the pot will decrease is there a finite date at which it will be too late uh
1: everything has to be spent and out the door by june 2023 So obviously, as the money in the pot is getting less, we've had a bit more interest recently because um, other funding streams are much harder to to get into. We're non-competitive. You're not applying like you do with Smart UK and then seeing if you've won it. So if we think it fits, you will, you will get it, but it is about spending it. So if your project is gonna go on beyond June 2023 next year, then you must have spent all the money before that date. So January, February, March next year is probably the latest we're considering looking at um, taking on new projects at that time, uh, unless we know that you're able to spend it really fast
0: yeah absolutely and uh, grab it while it while you can because ERDF funding is running out Um, that I don't think will be renewed will it so um, it's going to be a really tough time in in the next couple of years to find out where this additional funding comes from if it's not governmental Um, the landscape will be a changing so come two years from now it will look incredibly different Um, so definitely reach out definitely speak to Teresa Um, hand on heart Teresa you have been a massive massive um mentor and benefit to our community so thank you so so much is there anything we haven't talked about today that you absolutely must cover off while we're here
1: well um many little continue whatever the funding streams going forwards and there will be some with the shared prosperity and, and leveling up and all of that and we certainly have some some interest in what will be similar business support but we also know that the grant side of it we're not quite sure at the moment where that is going. Um, there was something else. We, oh, of course, we're still a membership organization. We're still linking everybody up and we're still able to provide the same business support. It's just, it's gonna to have to be under a slightly different umbrella. So helping people to write grants for Innovate UK and um, give them some advice on um, how how to approach these kinds of grant pots, which, which are still there. They're still going to be there. It's gonna be more competitive. Um, and our membership includes an awful lot of companies that also help in those areas. Really? So going forwards, the business support that we provide as part of the, you know, the RDF funding will be part of the membership that we offer. And that also means that there is a, a first stop to come to us and talk about, well, how do I fill a grant in for Innovate UK? Can you give me some pointers? Before you have to go to the bigger companies like TBAT, who will do an outstanding job for you, but they will want quite a large amount of money up front. So it's worth that. That's taking it in stages for that. So that's all the sorts of areas that we will be covering. Um, More, um, being being more pushy about how it costs membership to do it rather than giving it out through the So there is all of that. All our expertise will still be there, but there may be a consideration of of, of joining MediLink um, to access everything. Uh, whereas at the moment of course the RDF uh, allows you to sort of come in and talk to straight away so that's two reasons come and
0: use the ELDF bit of it as fast as possible absolutely what a wonderful way to wrap up thank you so much Teresa for being a fabulous guest being really informative and also uh, extending out that invitation for people just to to connect directly I'll pop all of your details in the comments uh, below and in the intro to the podcast if you haven't already please subscribe Uh, it really helps us with the algorithm um, of the podcasts, and make sure you listen all the way to the end. We really appreciate it. Teresa, thanks for joining us and have a fabulous weekend.